Welcome to the Stalking Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Troy L. Smith. We are not affiliated with the AMC hit series, but we sure are obsessed with it. My guest host today, my co-host, Patrick Cooley, entertainment reporter for Cleveland.com. What's up, man? What up? How's it going? Uh, interested to talk about The Walking Dead. All right, my fellow Walking Dead fanatic here. You've been with it from the beginning. Uh, now, before we dive into Sunday night's episode and this whole crossover thing that people are pissed off about, um, I always ask my guests three questions, a la Rick or Carl in Sunday night's episode. <laughs> right. The first question is, who is your favorite Walking Dead character and why? Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, well, I would have said Morgan a few episodes ago, <laughs> uh, but he's kind of uh, off the deep end now. I don't know. Uh, based on the last few episodes, I kind of really liked what Carl did uh, with Sadiq. Uh, I think that shows his character has evolved a little bit. Uh, you may remember in one of the earlier seasons when the governor attacked the, the group when they were in the prison. Right. He kind of summarily executed one of the yeah one of the bad guys who was running away, which, despite what a lot of fans thought, I did not approve of that action. Uh, but, Neither did know, Herschel. Herschel didn't like that either. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think helping Sadiq, um, who, com- uh, spoiler alert, you may know from the comics, becomes a pretty yeah. key character. Right. Um, so I think by helping him, that showed that his character has evolved a little bit. Um, and, you know, I, in, in these ongoing series, we watch them because we like to watch the character arcs. And I think Carl... Uh, you know, Carl has an interesting character arc. It shows that he's uh, growing up a little bit. And uh, are you concerned about the rumors that Carl might die? I don't think they're going to kill him. I mean, <laughs> I no, I don't think they can effectively kill off Carl. Um, it'd be tough. He's such a huge part of the comics. Uh, I know that they're not following the comics word for word. But they certainly are taking quite a bit of inspiration from them. A lot of stuff that happens in the comic in the show is taken directly from the books. And Carl's a pretty big part of a lot of those storylines. He's almost more important than Rick. I know he's Kirkman's favorite character. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if they do do something drastic with Carl. Um, okay, the second question. In the history of your life, if you could turn anyone into a walker... <laughs> Anyone. Who, who would it be? <laughs> I mean, we've Anyone. Had, we've had some Anyone. interesting answers. We've had bullies. We've had... Ooh, well, bullies is actually pretty popular. Um, yeah. I mean, I think there's a few people who wanted to say they're exes, but they didn't. Uh, but who who would Patrick Cooley turn into a walker? Brett Radner. Brett <laughs> <laughs> and he, I do it, and I do it before, before the this, third X Men movie. Uh, okay, I was going to so say before the sexual allegation that. against. Brad well, there's that too, but you um, were pissed off with him before that. <laughs> well, before that, I mean, he pretty much ruined the X Men movie franchise. Which there was a time when Matt and Spider Man were like just a yeah, shining first, beacon of light. The first the two were great. Genre. The second one stands as you know one of the top movies in the the comic book movie X You know. Uh, lexicon. All right, final question. We go back to season one, the Morgan moment. All right, All Morgan's right. got his his rifle pointed at his wife's head. Who's a walker? He can't pull the trigger. Just too emotional. It's too much for him. If it was you, and your significant other was right there, could you take her out? I don't know. <laughs> I, having never been into that situation, it's kind of hard to say. 
You go more the the walk the Herschel uh, barn route, you know, feed some chickens to, to her for a while. Well, so as you as you notice, like um, as the show goes along, their bodies kind of decay. Yep. So at some point, you got to think that there's a time when you it, it's better to just put them down. Maybe the winter, which we haven't seen yet. I feel like. <laughs> I'm still interested how walkers hold up in the snow. Yeah. Um, well, they they. I, I, I guess by setting their uh, show and largely in the South, it's true. You know, they never really had to deal with. I've that. got some friends in DC though who've had snow the past yeah. few years. Um, okay, so we let's move on. We're we're deep into season eight now. We're past the halfway point. It's going really well. Um, I have you know there's some ups and downs. Primarily Negan can't stand him, but that wasn't an issue last night. Sunday night's episode we had you know multiple storylines going on, but before we get to that. The big news was during the Talking Dead when Chris Hardwick revealed that Morgan, shockingly, because, you know, he wasn't speculated. There was uh, Abraham, talk of Abraham being on there, even Negan. Morgan's going to fear the Walking Dead. Um, Now, I'm going to ask you what you think about that. What struck me was just how emotional Lenny James was (laughs) in making it as if Morgan's never coming back to the Walking Dead. (laughs) What did you think of of Morgan going to fear. So I'm interested to see how it's going to play. So um, I guess Georgia isn't... Well, they're in Texas now. Okay, right. fear, and they're, yeah. in, they're in Atlanta area. Georgia isn't that far from Texas, so I guess it's not out of the question that Morgan could somehow make his way to Texas and then back to... What I'm confused about, though, is... Right, you're right, because... The, the fear of the Walking is not at the same point right. as The Walking Dead. And Gimple said something like, you know, the stuff going on in Season 8 is setting up the crossover. But that was, I don't know how far behind Fear the Walking Dead is. It didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that since they don't really keep track of the time anymore, it's hard to figure out where each show is at. Um, it kind of strikes me as a gimmick. Yeah, it is definitely a ratings game. Yeah, you know, Fear the Walking Dead isn't doing quite as well as its predecessor. So I think they're just trying to have a little bit of an infusion of new talent into that show. I think they picked the right character. I kind of felt like if Abraham or someone, I don't know if that would bring me back to Fear the Walking Dead. You know, full disclosure, I left it, you know, a season ago. I, I've heard it's gotten better. Morgan does, I think, make people want to watch Fear because Morgan's such a fan favorite. But what are we supposed to think? A lot of people thinking Morgan's dying now. This season eight, Lenny James is almost crying, saying goodbye to the cast and crew. Is he done? Is that something you want? I mean, that's well. I suppose they could conceivably kill him off. Um, uh, Fan reaction's been tough. Yeah, they don't like Morgan. Being it, it, this here. would kind of be like a compromise, you know. It, Giving them the shock value of kind of a popular character, but then putting him in kind of a prequel series. Right. Um, I don't necessarily approve of the whole prequel idea <laughs> in the first place, and I don't think it's and I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's really necessary to connect the two shows. I mean, can't they just stay separate? I think you know when they started, there was these rumors that Morales, interestingly enough, would be a crossover character like what happened to his family when they went to Alabama um, and obviously he showed back up on The Walking Dead and then I think they maybe they gave up plans to connect these two shows now with Fear the Walking Dead kind of you know the ratings going down it's not nearly as popular as The Walking Dead is like you said a clear gimmick 
But, man, if Morgan's done on The Walking Dead, which Lenny James seemed to suggest, he's been there from the beginning. We're talking about, you know, he's been there longer than anyone not named Rick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, a, it's a deep blow. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm guessing it's a prequel-ish. Like, it's got to be a flashback for him to be in Texas somehow. I don't know. It's weird. Um, okay, so let's get into Sunday night's episode. And that moment that changed everyone's lives when we saw people doing uh, naked apron art uh, at the junkyard. <laughs> um, what is what is with the people at the junkyard, man? So I kind of thought that they were going to be uh, the TV show's version of the Whisperers. And if, yeah, you've, never yeah. read, if you've never read the comics, um, the Whisperers are this group that uh, they cut off the skin of walkers and wear their skin and... This kind of allows them to travel with walkers and they're able to like herd, they're able to kind of manipulate these big herds of walkers and aim them at people that they don't like. And there's so a pretty thought big. Jadis was like alpha. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Um, I thought it, it would it would be kind of difficult for uh, the TV show to do that. Special effects wise, it might be a little bit difficult for the TV show to do that. So I thought maybe these guys will be their version of the Whisperers. Um, I'm not entirely sure what Rick was thinking going back to them because they've already switched sides. I, I, how many times have they switched sides? At least once. They switched sides once. I'm also confused. Rick's, you know, in a in a cell, butt naked. I, I'm confused as to this plan, right? Because Rick seems to have a plan, yeah. and everyone else seems to not want to follow the plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have Ezekiel, who's. Uh, Basically, mourning a CGI tiger yeah. over at the kingdom, Daryl and everyone's gone rogue here. So I don't know if Rick realizes that not everyone's on board with his plan anymore, which apparently was to take a bunch of Polaroids that would entice the <laughs> junkyard gig to come back over to his side. Didn't happen. Um, so what do you make of what do you make of Daryl, Rosita, and Tara all definitely not going with Rick's plan? Then you have Michonne there who you know, probably will be some voice of reason for them. They just want to go blow up the sanctuary. Are you down with that? Um, well, whether or not I'm down with it, I don't think it's going to happen because they've signed uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan for, what, <laughs> two or three more seasons? Reportedly, yeah. I am with you. I don't think they're going to succeed in their mission. Um, what's up with Daryl, man? Is he? I wrote this article. I, it was a little extreme, but, you know, this idea is he the new Shane, and that was kind of like this callback with a fight that they had. Yeah. Uh, is there potential for, for Daryl to get to that point? I don't think so. I mean, I, I thought that fight was a little bit out of left field, but the thing I liked about it was, you know, they see that the truck or the Jeep is going to blow up, and then they immediately stop fighting and rush. Because, you know, so that says to me that while they have their differences... They're still allies. Right, it's very they brotherly. Still, like, you right. fight with your brother until someone actually might get hurt. They still kind of depend on one another, even if they disagree over what to do about the sanctuary. Uh, so I think he's going to continue to play kind of the same role. Um, you know, uh, I think everything is framed in this way to me this season. You have that flash forward in the premiere, not the one with... Gray-bearded Rick and no one else is aged uh, other than him and Judith, who we assume that is Judith. What what I think everything is framed in is the other flash forward, the two graves and Rick teary-eyed, sort of, you know, mercy, whatever. What do I do? 
who winds up in those two graves? I think that's the question. Originally, I thought off first glance, oh, that's Glenn and Abraham. It's not. It's two new graves. So I think everything's framed in who winds up in those graves. So every move someone makes, you wonder, is that what's going to put them there? Because he's not going to stand over. I mean, when nobody's standing over, we're not going to find Eric, you know, walking around. (laughs) I don't think Rick's going to worry about burying him. Well, so you have to look at, so if you're going to speculate on who's going to be in those two graves, you have to look at who's expendable. So Rick, Daryl, and Carl are essentially out. I'm not with you on Carl, man. I'm not with you on Carl. I'm worried about Carl. I think he's too important. He's going, he's, he's, I don't like this. See, my problem is this voice of reason crap. All right? It's all nice to be nice to Sadiq, but as Abraham said, you walk outside, you risk your life, and then he got his head chopped off. So anybody who's kind of being all voice of reasoning, nice to people, I worry about them. But your point's well made. He is Carl. (laughs) So I think Maggie and... So I, I would add to that list... Maggie and Jesus. <clears throat> Not Michonne? Not Michonne. Well, she's pretty popular, uh, but Rick and uh, Rick and her have their thing, and uh, he'd really be crying if, if, if she ended up dying. Well, if you do sleep with Rick, you die. That is the, <laughs> you know, that seems everyone, to be in Everyone who is hooked up with Rick in this show has died. Although our sample size is pretty small. Right. We have Lori, who basically ruined the entire group with yeah. being at the center of the love triangle and then uh what was her name uh sans mom we'll just call her sans mom, sans mom. She, i don't remember her name either she wasn't worth remembering she, she, <laughs> she just died she was almost just a plot device rick wiped make, out an entire family to make rick sad <laughs> um okay so michonne you're kind of on the fence uh, so get to me, who is expendable? Who do you find kind of options that could wind Pretty up Pretty much there? everyone other than those characters. Uh, Carol is long dead in the comics, so she can go at any moment. Right. Um, uh, uh, the king, Ezekiel, I think Ezekiel can go. Rosita can go. Judith? Judith? We don't no, need to be Judith, killing babies. Judy, <laughs> Judith need now. Judith needs to grow up and. Uh, I'm on team side. Little... I'm on team side sidewalk chalk. That's what I want. Let her play her sidewalk chalk. We're gonna be killing babies, all right? Yeah. Um. So Tara, you know Rosita is annoying at this point. I uh, love her, but she's annoying. Tara, eh. I just I'm intrigued with these two graves. I know you know what's weird to me is if I had to put if you made me put my money down right now, who's in those graves? I'm going Carl Michonne. That is literally what I'm going. And that sounds crazy. That I say it out loud, and it's crazy. Like, I, I, how does how does Negan? If Negan is supposed to go on on the show in the comic, book, he's still alive. Yeah. How does Rick not kill Negan if Carl becomes collateral damage of, <laughs> of this war? Like, that's insane. Maybe, well, maybe it's Carl and Sadiq buried together in happiness. Well, I don't think they're going to introduce Sadiq just to kill him off. He's the new Heath. Yeah. See what what happened to Heath? <laughs> Where is that guy? Well, look at He's recovering from 24 Legacy being canceled. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there was rumors that they were bringing back a character from a previous from previous seasons. That one of being Morales, I would I was 100% sure it was going to be Heath because everything lined up, right? His show got canceled. Now we can bring the actor back. It's one of these ambiguous things The Walking Dead does sometimes where they do these things and they never make any sense. There's this whole, like, Jadis puts the A on the, the cell, right? And the A has been this letter that's carried on throughout The Walking Dead. 
no actual explanation specifically <laughs> to what it means. I'm sure we'll get some kind of explanation in the next episode. God willing. Um, you know, so, you know, what do you think of this season so far? Okay, so I, my theory is, I'll give you mine, is I love every episode except the ones in Egan. I'm the other way around. Okay, you're I really team like what they I really like what they've been doing with Negan. So, um... I think Negan's story arc has gotten better as uh, as they've delved a little bit more into his background. Um, Have you read Here's Negan? The comic I've uh, I'm should, should almost read. entirely caught up on the comics. Uh, so one difference that struck me almost immediately with Negan was uh, the fact that he comes to these communities and basically just says, "Give me half your stuff," whereas in the books he came to these communities and said, "Give me half your stuff." And my guys will protect you from all of these walkers roaming around. So he didn't give them a choice, but he... Um, there was something in it for Right. Them. He gave them something in return, even if it wasn't quite worth everything he took from them. So these last few episodes have made it clear that Negan really does believe that what he's doing is right. creating a better world. You are correct. When one of his underlings, his number two guy, I think it was, says, Let's... well, why don't we just kill some people and then Negan... Bangs no, Lucille Simon. on the table and says, "You know, yeah, people got are the reason we're doing this." And then there was that scene. I think it was the end of the last season when um, they captured Sasha, and one of the saviors is about to rape her, and Negan comes in and right. stops. Right, he stopped that. Yeah, that I was... would not want to be a in a place where rape was allowed. Yeah, so... this man has wives. <laughs> several wives. <laughs> right. They made a choice, apparently. No, right. their husband's faces got burned with an yeah. iron. So, I mean, he's he's an interesting villain in that regard because he honestly believes what he's doing is the right thing. And I don't think that came out when he was character was first introduced. But, you know, as it's gone along, Jeffrey Dean Morgan has really convinced me that, you know, this, this character thinks that he's building a better world, even if... Uh, his methods are uh, somewhat despicable. So, what is the line he said? He said, "I've killed people, but I've never gotten anyone killed." Right. You know, and it was an interesting dynamic because you know, defense with Rick. Rick has got people killed. <laughs> um, Glad's not on him. That's on Daryl. Okay, but you know, Rick right. made some bad decisions running through the woods with Maggie on a, on a stretcher. Not a great game plan, right? <laughs> um, I'm okay. I'm with you. I, I, why, why do we have to have all the dick references? Every every Negan episode, we've got to have six or seven references to a penis, all right, from multiple characters. Well, because his character is hyper masculine, so maybe he's they're just problems. telling you. I think they're just telling us that he's a man's man. And uh... how does this play out to you, Negan? Negan in the in the comic book for people, you know, spoiler alert, whatever. Negan winds up in a, that cell that Morgan built, which we haven't seen in a while, but right. Negan winds up down there and then kind of, you know, becomes a part of the group in a, in a in weird dynamic. It's hard to explain the dynamic. You really have to read the comic book. Yeah, I would definitely recommend for everyone yeah. listening that's not caught up in the comic books yeah. to read them because they are pretty good. Do you, and is, unlike the show, I think they get better as they go along. Yeah, do you see that happening? I mean, well, a lot of people are saying Negan has to die. I don't think he does. Well, again, they've signed Jeffrey Dean Morgan for, what, two more seasons after this one? Yeah, give him a spinoff. So, give him a spinoff. Here's so, Negan's spinoff. So he's going to be around for a while. Um, 
I think they're kind of setting it up so that he becomes an integral part of the group by humanizing him a little bit more in these past few episodes when he says, you know, people are the commodity. So, um, spoiler alert, in the comics, Rick kind of convinces Negan that um, his way is the better way. After he slices his throat. After, yeah. But he survives. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so... But Rick that, promised think, him, though. He yeah. promised him he was going to kill him. He promised him he was going to kill him. He promised Gareth he was going to kill him. You know, he here's, here's what can too. happen. I, I don't know if you agree. Whoever's in those graves are obviously close to Rick. He's crying, whatever. You know, we got teary-eyed Rick. Coral. Um, Negan can't be responsible for that. I think Negan... The line to me that was key was that I've killed people, but I didn't get people killed. That show of humanity has to stretch on. You're right, you're right. When we read into that meeting of the savior leaders, Simon clearly, what do you say? Let's get a flyer over to the hilltop, just kill all the people. And Negan's just like, Simon, shut the hell up. All right? um, the Simon dynamic is interesting because that was the most we've really seen of Simon. Do you, there's a weird dynamic between him and Negan that doesn't exist between other characters. It, like Almost like Negan had to, Simon has this, like, kind of that ultra-masculinity, too, but he's, Negan's like, no, don't bring that crap around me. Right. Do you think Simon might have been a leader before Negan showed up? Uh, well, doesn't the, doesn't the show kind of suggest that Negan elevated Simon? Maybe, you know, there's a weird dynamic, like, even though he burned Dwight's face, there's almost more respect that Negan feels for Dwight that he had to do that to him. Like, I don't see, Simon... Well, didn't Dwight volunteer for that? I thought, I thought he, so Dwight doesn't have the face burning when he's, when we first meet him in the woods with Daryl and his right, wife. Right, so that happened later. So I thought that was a punishment for him coming back. I think, um, I thought that the show, and I could be wrong, uh, but I thought that the show implied that Dwight volunteered for that to save everyone else. Who was that's in. very possible. Okay. But I also think. Um, so that could be a reason why Negan respects Daryl so much. If he, right, while, the, if I'm, he I'm Darryl, like volunteered he, for that. Oh, you mean Dwight? Or yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, he respects too Daryl, too, I think, as well. Dead. Kind of this refusing to do the I'm Negan thing. Okay, so I, did you watch the trailer for the next episode? Um, the scenes from next time on uh, Walking Dead. <laughs> Briefly recap it for me. All right, so Rick's dragged uh, with his shirt off into um, the center of the junkyard, which I think is a, a preview of the sequel to Love Actually. Um, that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so that's nothing. Um the, the key thing I think that you can gather is a couple things. Daryl really wants to blow up the Saviors, yes, and Michonne's like, what are you doing? And it looks like Eugene has let Dwight know that Eugene knows that Dwight is the traitor, and Dwight's kind of looking at him like, yeah, you need to get on this with me. <laughs> I find that interesting, but there is a scene where it clearly is Dwight has a gun to the back of Eugene's head. Um, <laughs> I mean, how is that going to play out? Like, how far is, is Eugene firmly on the dark side? I mean... Well... So he figured out. He he didn't he figure out that Dwight was the traitor in the last episode. Yes, like on the he saw the paint and he didn't he didn't rat him out. Didn't rat him out, even though Negan kind of made it clear that if he did rat him out, you know Eugene is safe. So right. I think he's still somewhat conflicted. Um, you will recall that he he kind of joined the saviors out of necessity. Uh, you know, Negan dragged him back to the sanctuary. Yeah, he's a coward. He's a clown. He, he is. He's a survivor, though. Ooh, he is. Uh, but he's kind of gotten less cowardly as the series is going on. So 
this could be kind of part of his grand scheme. Right. Something that really stood out to me, and you know, shifting gears, I really like that Rosita said she's still going to kill Dwight. Like, you have these shows where people just forget things, right? Like, you know, Dwight's on their side, but this, she, he put an arrow through her girlfriend's head. <laughs> her, her boyfriend's head. Oh, no, no, Denise, uh, Tara's girlfriend. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of the comics when... Right, you know, that, Abraham gets... Abraham cross, died with the arrow through the head. Yeah, they the cross some things okay. up. But I like that they call that back, you know? It's kind of like, yeah, Dwight's helping us, but yeah, we're still going to kill him. We then forget that he's wiped out people. And that's the thing, when you, like, it's funny to me... And I'm, I mean, I'm really kind of leading into this Jesus thing where he wants to really, apparently he wants to really be Jesus and unite the world here. Um, what is this? I mean, Jesus, is Jesus just stupid? No. Uh, I kind of agree with this whole thing that, you know, the reason we're fighting is to build a better world. And right, what's, right. What, what's the point of winning if we're just going to be exactly like our enemies? But can they just kill that one guy, the douchebag, who's been, like, trying to escape? <laughs> Like, if Morgan would have shot him, it'd be much easier for me to see the transition. <laughs> uh, you know, but okay, so you kind of think that this could happen. I mean, some of the saviors seem fixable. You know, the one person was talking about, I think, saying, I was brought here to build a fence. <laughs> like, I didn't, you know. <laughs> um, and some of these people are probably just people Negan captured, you know, trying to survive. Um I get what you're saying. I, Jesus just keeps clowning me, man. I thought he was going to turn fish into wine or, you know, whatever the thing is. Turn bread into fish and wine or something. What are we doing? Handing out food. Maggie wants to kill everybody. So my girlfriend, uh, who uh, is studying theology. Who you would not shoot in the head. That's I, just, I, I respect that. My wife killed me in about four seconds after <laughs> answering that question. <laughs> so she's actually pointed out some similarities between Jesus of the show and the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, Jesus Christ, right. <laughs> Son of there, God. There's a time when two Testament. characters are fighting and he kind of gets in the way and he's got both of his hands out resembling a cross and he's wearing all white. <laughs> My girlfriend got excited. Oh, he's playing the peacemaker. <laughs> he's walking out of water. Next. So, hey, he might do that by the time the show is over. I uh, thought that was a, you know, a side note. That was a really fun scene with him and Morgan. The fight. I thought it was funny in the, if you watch the behind the scenes where Morgan said the hardest challenge was he had to actually strike like he was going to hit uh, Jesus in that final blow. And then they cut and then it has to come with things like right against his neck when they come back from the cut. Um, so, okay, what do you think happens to Greg? Well, okay, you and I know what happens to Gregory in the uh, in the comic book. Is Are we going that route, you think? I don't think there's any scenario in which he's Gregory so survives. He's so pathetic. That was sad. That was it was sad in like a sad way. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't, he's almost like him. cartoonishly evil. I've noticed yeah. though with some of the characters they adopt from the comic book, sometimes they don't kind of naturally weave them in, and it's weird because dynamic. Because when Frank Darabont, the original showrunner. Uh, of you know Shawshank Redemption fame when he the, those characters really had that comic book you know Glenn always looked like a pizza boy <laughs> you know Rick never saw him without the sheriff outfit on the show's gotten away with that because it's pretty natural that would happen yeah uh, but still when they incorporate someone I thought that of Negan too he was really straight comic book the dialogue the way he walked and talked almost like he was on a different freaking show and Gregory even more so I think you're right he's like weird weird comic book villain the way he walks and talks. Somebody would just literally punch that person in the face in real life, right? <laughs> Especially in zombie apocalypse. Uh, well, yeah, there, there's really no scenario where he survives. 
What do you think of uh, Maggie having setting the Guinness Book of World Record for the longest pregnancy in the history of the world? <laughs> now we have another baby. Yeah. We have another baby on top of Maggie's eventual baby and Judith, who's chilling. Who's watching Judith, by the way? <laughs> so it's interesting. So her character had to get pregnant for the storyline, but I don't think the actor who plays Maggie is actually pregnant. Rosita so, was pregnant, the actress who plays her. <laughs> That's why she's in a car. We're yeah. going to put her in a car for right. half this episode. <laughs> so, um, since since the actor who plays Maggie isn't actually pregnant, it's maybe they just don't want to like put her in an unrealistic-looking pregnancy suit or something. Yeah. So, perhaps, like, I, I'm guessing there's going to be, like, uh, so they're gonna they're gonna win the war at some point, probably at the end of this season. And then there's gonna be a really long time. There's gonna be a really long time lapse. And then you know they're gonna start the next season and with she's the gonna, baby with the baby already born. Lots of babies. You know, somebody has a two year old running around at home. So I don't know who's tasked with watching Judith, but that's probably more work than anything anyone else is doing. <laughs> the kid that never stops moving. Trust me, Shane doing sidewalk chalk all day. Yeah. Also, there's a weird continuity issue last night <clears throat> that my wife noticed we're watching. And so Rosita gets in the car with Michonne. And right. the next time we see them, two minutes later, Rosita is driving the car. <laughs> there's no, like, wait, when did you get in the driver's seat? But, you know, so, okay, let's look forward to uh, what's coming up. We've got what? Three episodes left? Two episodes? Two episodes left. So is that in the season or is the, the mid-season? The mid-season. Okay. So you have, you have uh, two more episodes. What's your t- What goes down in these next two episodes? Well, I think that the, sanct- the, the saviors in the sanctuary are somehow going to escape from this giant herd of walkers. Because this war has to last pretty much the entire season. Correct. And the way it looks now, it seems like the good guys have pretty much won. You know, they've taken out all the satellite stations. The saviors are trapped in the sanctuary. They lost all of their big guns. Um, so something's got to give. So this this situation is somehow going to blow up in their face. Maybe it's because Daryl doesn't go along with... Maybe Rick's plan is the right one, miraculously, and because Daryl doesn't go along with it... Right, you get the sense that whatever Daryl and Tara and these people have planned... It might actually backfire. It might right. be what removes the walkers. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, it seems like everything that they, they've been able to pretty easily thwart everything the saviors have, uh, everything the saviors have done to try to counter them. You know, there was the, the speakers that got ran over by the truck almost immediately. You know, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> they captured, they captured the heavy machine guns pretty quickly. I think, didn't those blow up? They blew up the, the big machine guns, right? Yeah, well, was that in the Jeep? Was everything like right. in the Jeep? Yeah, yeah, that was dumb. All the explosives. The street sweeper that was right. like, just destroyed all the kingdom people. <laughs> right. So, um, they, they've had a pretty easy time so far. Uh, that has to turn around in order for them to drag this out for this war out for an entire season. So, I don't know what the saviors are going to do to get to, 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 escape from this giant herd of walkers but something is going to happen would you make do you think the helicopter plays in or are you chalking that up as a hallucination by Rick well, okay so that's an interesting point right. because uh, you remember a few seasons back there was an intro where there's this giant herd of walkers walking one way and then a helicopter flies across them and they start all walking the, the up there start following the helicopter so 
perhaps that's the thing that gets this giant herd of saviors at, of uh, of walkers away from the sanctuary. <clears throat> yeah, I, you're crap. I think they have to get out of there. Um, obviously, this next episode seems somewhat uneventful. Morgan's back, by the way, but yeah. these guys Brilliant. shooting someone. Yeah, um, you know they're going to want to go out with a bang for the mid-season finale. Keep people in. You know the ratings haven't been great in terms of what The Walking Dead is. I mean, ten ten to twelve million people watching your show right. still is far above every other show on TV in the, yeah. in the key demographic. It's still one of the highest rated shows on television. Oh, in the key demographic of 18 to 49, still the highest rated show on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Game of Thrones is really the only show on cable that can rival it. Um, I'm with it till the end. I know you're till, with it till the end. I don't know about 20 years, whatever they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. This show could literally go on forever. It's the Star Trek of yeah. walking into the Star Trek of zombies. Uh, you know, different. The next generation, right, Judith leading okay. the charge. All right, man. Thanks for, thanks for joining me for the podcast. Yeah, no problem. All right, we might bring you back. We're looking to do a finale, mid-season finale extravaganza. We might have Patrick Cooley back. Uh, he, he killed it, man. He did good. But you won't kill your girlfriend. I will not. All right, man. Thanks, boy.